This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Postpartum Coach Podcast, where we embrace our needs as moms, we learn to lead ourselves first, then our families, and where we create our own healing from the inside out to find our way to the work we were meant to do in this world. I'm your host, a fellow mom of three and a certified life coach, Lizzie Langston. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 49. Welcome back to the podcast. It's been quite the week um, with the riots and just with the pandemic that we're still sort of adjusting to a closed down summer. Yeah. Um, the death of George Floyd and just all of the emotions really that we've collectively and individually been having on our plates. In addition to everything postpartum. Am I right? So if you didn't already catch it, there was a bonus podcast episode, episode 48. Postpartum 2020, what has been so different than any postpartum experience in the history of motherhood? So definitely go listen to that and get you some extra tools. I think it's really going to help you take everything in during this time in a responsible, emotionally responsible way um, so that you can be your best self and um, have the most control over your actions and your results and your feelings during this unprecedented time. Okay, now... For the episode for today, we're going to be talking all about shame, which is the biggest catalyst that I have seen that leads postpartum moms straight into depression. There's a lot of negative feelings that can contribute to depression, but shame, which is essentially the rejection of one's self and feeling worthless or that your self-worth is not there that one takes us the deepest, the fastest by far. So I'm excited to share with you a little bit more about that. And also we're going to end the episode with 11 sort of self-acceptance thoughts because the opposite of shame, which is a lack in self-worth is self-acceptance. Okay. So we're going to talk about, I'm going to give you 11 thoughts that will really help you be more resilient against postpartum depression. If you can believe them, right? And if you can't, then that's what coaching helps you do. But before we get there, I want to give you an important visualization. Let's, I want to walk through a visualization just so you can understand how I conceptualize depression. I think the way that I describe it tends to be really helpful and not so academic. It really helps you just understand kind of what depression is. To start out this visualization for just a second, and I'm not, I don't mean like a therapy visualization where we're going to like go off into la la land. It's just kind of a way to picture what's actually happening in the body and mind when somebody's depressed. Okay. So we're going to start out with the definition of the word depression, which means one of the definitions, which means the action of lowering something or pressing something down. 
It also is defined as a sunken place or hollow on a surface. Okay. So let's get this visualization going. I want you to imagine a straight line, just a long running straight line. And then imagine a middle point on that line. And I want you to imagine that somebody takes that middle point and pushes it down with their thumb. Kind of like when you push your thumb into Play-Doh, it makes a depression in the Play-Doh. It makes a big hole in the Play-Doh. So maybe there was a nice big ball of Play-Doh. Now we have a big hole in it. I want you to think about that too with this line. Somebody just takes, maybe a giant comes and just pushes their thumb down in the middle of this line. And now if somebody were walking across this line, like they'd fall and then it it goes down. Like there's a big kind of pothole. Okay. So with depression, when you are thinking thoughts that make you feel a lot of shame and other negative emotions, it's as if someone puts a weighted ball into that hole and the hole gets deeper and deeper and deeper. There's a misunderstanding, which honestly it's for good reason. I think and we're going to talk about it that depression, there's just nothing you can do about it. It just happens to you. It's just your biology. It's your brain chemicals. And I want to sort of tidy up that thought line because I don't think that that is serving postpartum moms when they go to get solutions and work through their depression. So first of all, the idea that there's nothing we can do about it and we just have to wait it out. I believed that that's kind of what the system tells you. That's what your doctor will look at you and probably mostly say like, good luck. I mean, if the antidepressants didn't work, I don't know what to tell you. Like, so, um, that's a bummer way to think about it. And it's totally not true. Two out of nine of the factors that can contribute to depression have anything to do with brain chemicals, DNA, and you know, hereditary stuff, biology. Okay. So the other seven out of nine, in other words, 78% of the contributing factors, factors to bio, um, depression have to do with environment, social adjustment and thought patterns, the way we talk to ourselves. Okay. So that means that only 22% of anything to do with depression actually has anything to do with brain chemicals. But let's just say, right, maybe your brain's like, okay, well, but what if it is? What if it is my biology? Even if it is, brain chemicals is only part of the story. So brain chemicals being imbalanced is a possibility, but there's actually more to that story, which is that sometimes, and the newest research is is telling us that inflammation in the body can actually cause a serotonin deficit, it can cause your brain chemicals to be a little whacked. Okay. So it's probably not the nicest way to say it whacked, (laughs) but we feel a little cray cray, a little whacked out. Um, and so brain chemicals being imbalanced again, can have to do with inflammation. If you want to hear more about this, she didn't go into it a lot, but if you want to hear a doctor tell you this, because you're like, who's this postpartum coach lady, you can look or listen to my episode, um, 28, which is Dr. Akila Spencer. She's a functional healthcare practitioner. And she came on the podcast in episode 28 to talk about um, healing depression naturally. And then you can also listen to this podcast episode number 27, which is all about antidepressants Q&A. I talk a lot about um, that. If you're considering getting on meds and if you've been talking and thinking about the brain chemical imbalance thing. But going back to those percentages I was talking about earlier, if we really look at how seven out of nine of the factors that play into the development of depression are outside of biology, we have a lot to work with 
um, without medications. Now I'm not a medical professional. There's a disclaimer here. I'm not telling you, you shouldn't get on meds, but we know that some meds work some of the time for some people. And also some of the time medicine, antidepressants, anti-anxiety can actually, um, give you a lot of side effects and sometimes really take you backwards. I've, you know, and you don't have to go far to find women that will tell you that. Now, I will just share my little snippet here, which is that my first experience with postpartum depression after baby two, antidepressants did the trick. It was a long waiting period of about six weeks before I really felt any difference, but they did really help me. Um, But I did have to just kind of wait. And during that time, it was really scary and hard. And there was a lot of suffering there. The second time around, uh, we had even upped the dosage before baby came just to prevent postpartum depression and nothing still everything happened. I tried therapy. I tried postpartum support groups. So when I found life coaching, when I found the work on my own thinking patterns so that I could gain more control of my emotional patterns, the vibrations in my body, which then helped me gain more control over my depression. I was like, what, why isn't this being talked about? We do talk a lot about therapy. I will tell you, I have nothing against therapy and I do recommend therapy if you feel like there's some big trauma that is contributing to your depressiveness. Like if that's kind of your intuition or or that makes sense for really recent or past events, you know, birth trauma that is just so big, you just feel like you need to just process it before you can ever consider changing any thoughts about it for sure therapy or if there's something in your past that seems really looming and has you think has a lot to do with where you are today um then go for it but otherwise if you're just wanting to take a look at if you're typically pretty high functioning and and the postpartum is the very first time you've ever had depressiveness and you don't have a lot of trauma in your life and it's just really you feel like a matter of managing your mind and your emotions And, or if you really just want to do it more naturally, then I would recommend life coaching. So the biggest part of all the other factors, right? These environmental factors, the biggest part of your environment is your thoughts, right? Our thoughts create the lens through which we perceive everything else in our lives, anything social, anything about ourselves, about other people, and any feelings that we have are created through our thoughts, Okay. So the most intense pain that can ever be felt and the biggest contributor to depressiveness is when we feel a lot of shame. Shame is self-rejection. Shame is self-devaluing. It means that something is inherently wrong with you. It's an attack on your worth. It is a worry about your worth. So let's talk about some thoughts. Let me give you some examples. The main umbrella thought, I'm going to call it of shame. So the main thought pattern tendency for somebody that is going into depression postpartum through their thinking patterns is basically some version of, I am not enough. Now, this is what that looks like on a day-to-day basis, having been somebody who has lived through it myself and then coaching dozens of postpartum mom clients who are borderline postpartum depressed, or they're in it, or they're recovering from it, or they're anxious. And that's kind of burning them out and leading them to the postpartum depression. So the way that shame shows up in thought patterns is the following. Something is wrong with me. I should be over this by now. I should feel more connected to him. I'm not as good as I should be. I should be able to do more. I'm going to pause here. I have a whole list of more thoughts, but I just want you to notice there's a lot of shoulds, right? So be, be thinking about your thought patterns. Do you should yourself a lot? I'm a shoulder and I'm getting away from it nowadays. 
but be, only because I realize shooting yourself is actually just not accepting yourself. Like when you say should, it's a very interesting word. It, it insinuates that where you are and how you are, and maybe even who you are right now, isn't enough. Okay, let's keep listening to some more of these thoughts. I shouldn't feel this way. I shouldn't have this much anxiety. I should be able to sleep. Nursing should come more easily. I shouldn't be so moody. I should want more sex for my husband. Okay, so those are a lot of shoulds. Here's some other ones. I'm not good enough at this. I'm not capable enough. It's the I'm not enough, right? I'm not capable enough. I'm not happy enough. I'm not loving enough. I'm not forgiving enough. I shouldn't want so much help. I shouldn't need so much help. I should be able to ask for help, (laughs) right? These are all so invalidating. And these all lead to shame. Again, shame is I am not enough. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And unfortunately, when we think thoughts like this on repeat, when we talk to ourselves like this, we are perpetuating more shame, and that can very easily actually make somebody depressed. When you talk to yourself like this all the time and you don't question it and you don't know how to kind of pull yourself out of it, going back to that visualization we talked about earlier, it's as if you're throwing these big heavy rocks down into that little pothole and the pothole is getting deeper and deeper and deeper, right? Or if you're in, if you're working with Play-Doh, it's as if you keep bamming that hammer down into the Play-Doh and making a bigger and deeper hole. This is what thought cycles, negative thought cycles and specifically shame cycles, that is the power of them. They can literally create depressiveness. It starts with, um, sometimes it starts just with anxiety. Like if there's a lot of shame on your plate, but you don't really know how to process it, you're not even aware of it. It's just there. And you're just kind of panicky about it. And there could also be a lot of other emotions. Like for example, loss, you're, you're feeling the loss of your past life you know, your, your life postpartum, maybe this feels like a huge change, or there can be, um, a lot of thoughts about your anxiety. If anxiety has come up, like what is this anxiety? Cause anxiety a lot of times is new for people postpartum and it can feel so into just crazy, right? It just feels so physiological. It's just everywhere. It feels very, it can feel very out of control. It's not out of control. It's just, it, there, it, there's, it actually makes a lot of sense when we get into the research, but in our body, especially if it's new to you, you can easily start to feel like, oh my gosh, I'm out of control. So you add anything else that's going on postpartum and then all the shame stuff. And it's just a recipe for depression. Now, I think I mentioned earlier, but the opposite or the remedy for shame isn't actually, I don't know, 
what you might think it is, but I'll just tell you the remedy for shame is self-acceptance. And truly it's just an understanding, um, that who, that what you do cannot take away from who you are, that you are not your thoughts. You are not your actions. And, um, it's just this, this issue or this way of making space for yourself, just as you are. It's the opposite of rejecting yourself just as you are, of shooting yourself. So to kind of wrap up, this is probably a shorter episode today, but to kind of wrap up, what I want to do is share with you some of my favorite thoughts that help create space for who you are and help you accept yourself. I will just preface this by saying, you guys, as somebody that's struggled with postpartum depression twice, I I have had seasonal depression once, um, outside of being postpartum. So, but before ever having babies, I was never depressed, never depressive, um, never anxious, except for maybe a couple times in college with a paper, you know, that I'd procrastinated doing and I had a deadline, things like that, but I was not anxious on the regular. And then since having kids, anxiety and depression have been a part of my life. So, I was your typical happy-go-lucky girl, and I'm so grateful. Honestly, this has been such a gift to me, not only to be able to serve all the moms in all the world, not all of them, but you know what I mean, like do this work, which I feel so compelled to do after my experiences, probably because it was all so new to me and it almost, I don't want to say it almost took my life, but like I was really bad, you guys. We had to sell our house, move in with my in-laws, switch states, like My husband had to quit his job and find a new one because I was just not able to function. So take that. And it's been about two years, two years of working with a coach to be able to truly start to learn how to accept myself and all the time and in all the ways. And it's gradually, I've gradually been able to do that, not only in my thoughts, but also accepting my feelings. Okay. So I want you to notice, right? I've given you some examples of thoughts, but any feeling that you have maybe been feeling postpartum, what has been your attitude towards it? Have you a treated it like a really big annoyance and wanted it to go away and resisted it and just hated it? B been like, okay, I guess this is the deal postpartum this time around, whatevs. Or C, greeted it like a warm friend and just like an old friend and just be like, oh, hello, it's okay, welcome. You're in my body, you can be here now, right? Like it's not just the self-talk as far as the language in our mind, but um, because sometimes we really can't catch that, especially without coaching. Like sometimes we're just not aware of that. But when you have feelings, you can probably gauge how your thoughts are going by how your thoughts are about your feelings, okay? So if you really resist and you hate how you feel and you don't think you should feel that way and you just want to get out of it, for sure, it's not going to set you up well going forward. You want to address that. A lot of my clients, that's where they come find me. That's when they hire me because that takes you down a spiraling road quickly downwards, negative. (laughs) That can totally take you into depression depending on what the feelings are and how intense they are and how much you're resisting them. All right, so, but yeah, I just wanted to share that to give you, first of all, a realistic perspective of the work that I've done and how long it might take. Now, I want to be honest too. I was functioning way longer than two years. It didn't take me two years to be able to feel normal, quote, normal again. Okay. That only took me maybe 
I don't know, probably a couple months or even just a couple weeks to really feel a big difference. And then maybe a lot more normal by two or three months in. I remember after just a couple months of finding a coach, I felt so much better than even myself before. Like it was just so night and day that I was able to take the tools of life coaching and lose weight. I lost like almost 50 pounds (laughs) of baby weight after baby three. Um, just by using the principles of life coaching, I did take a specific weight loss course from a life coach and I'm, I am now certified in life and weight loss coaching, um, through the same school that the coach that I learned from did. But anyway, all this to say that coaching is just miraculous. It's so powerful and it's relatively new. It's not talked of nearly as much as therapy in the mental health game, but that's why I'm here because so many moms who think they need therapy, who think they need antidepressants, coaching is actually a much better fit. So if you're curious about this, you can get on a consult with me. I offer hour long consults and I'm really good at being just in integrity, just like on this podcast. I'm not going to be like trying to sell you. I don't need clients. Like I, it's not how I operate in my business. So if you're interested and you're like, Ooh, I like this idea. I want to know more about it. Am I a good fit? Just book a consult with me in the outro of this podcast. You will hear the invite to that. It's just lizzielangston.com forward slash consult. All right. So seriously though, let's get going. Here are 11. I had 10, but then I added one more of my favorite self-acceptance, anti-shame thoughts to take home and try. All right. So number one, this one I've used and I love it. And it was really helpful to me when I was in deep shame and trying to come out of it. And I kind of am proud of it because I came up with it myself, which is look how hard you're trying. Now you might not think you're trying that hard and your brain might not, your brain might reject this thought. That's okay. But I would suggest just trying it on. And if, again, if your brain rejects it, I've got 11 of these. So maybe one of the other ones will stick, (laughs) but look yourself in the mirror and try saying this, just look at yourself in the mirror and just recognize your efforts for a minute and just be like, look how hard you're trying. I honor how hard you're trying. Maybe you're totally failing, right? Maybe, I mean, if you want to think about it that way, I probably wouldn't tell myself I'm failing, but maybe you are not satisfied with everything yet. Maybe you're not quote there yet postpartum. Maybe things don't feel normal. Maybe you still aren't liking things, but look how hard you're trying. Wow. It's amazing. Can you at least give yourself that credit for a moment? Thought number two, this is what motherhood looks like. Okay. Now you might want to tell yourself, oh, this is not what a good mom would do or this, but I want to challenge that. Like I want to take anything about you, anything you've done, anything you've said, whether you've yelled or you've slapped someone, you know, your kid's bum, like this is what motherhood looks like sometimes too. Not just the perfection on Instagram, not just what your mom did when she, you know, you can only remember the good memories, not just what other moms show in public, like this, the other side of motherhood that's at home when you're struggling and you're postpartum, like this is what it looks like too. Okay. And don't you feel how much space that makes for you? I used to tell people, and I still do tell them, I, I feel like I put myself in a box, a motherhood box. I had this checklist of things that good moms do. Good moms want to be with their kids all the time. Good moms don't say cuss words. Good moms don't yell or hit their kids ever spank them, you know, whatever. Um, good moms don't want to hire childcare. They don't need to hire child 
hire childcare. They don't need babysitters. Good moms, right? You all have these. We all have these. And just notice that that is fine. If, but what happens when you don't fit into that box? I was suffocating in that box. I was yelling sometimes. I did want childcare. I decided I think I want to work. And that didn't fit into my motherhood box. And that's when shame comes up. So what you can consider doing is kind of journaling for a minute. What's your checklist that you put on yourself, especially postpartum? I think we do have, I think the motherhood box checklist we have becomes absolutely unattainable postpartum. And yet we keep it anyway. And then we just torture ourselves with reminding of ourselves all the time, how we don't fit into this box. But the only people that can kind of cut that box away and one side at a time, like lay it down flat on the floor and pop out of that box to feel fresh air and breathe and space. And to be the woman that you are as the mom that you are is to question it. And so I, I do encourage you to kind of think about what is your checklist of a good mom? What do you believe a good mom does? And are you doing those things? And if you're not, I just want to offer, like you could just not believe that that's what a good mom does. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts. So you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at And I am telling you, it's kind of a ground shaking process. Like for the last 18 months, I've been doing this with my coaches just over time. Like I get most of my coaching is kind of surrounding business, but a lot of the times I still do bring up stuff with motherhood. And just today, like just today I was with my coach and, um, I just found myself, I'll just give you this quick story example. I just found myself not wanting to be around my kids. And I only had about three hours with them before I was going to work until, like dinner time and the babysitter was going to come over and, and I kept pressuring myself like, no, I need to want to be with them. I need to be present with them. I need to do something fun with them. Cause I just had this little bit of time, but honestly, I had a lot on my mind and heart with the George, George Floyd stuff. And with totally revamping my approach to, um, people of color and just like really opening my eyes to my own racism, like not, it's not outright mean stuff, but it's just very subtle, latent stuff that I was maybe just taught by society being a white person. I don't know. Just, I'm just like doing a lot of self-exploring. Frankly, I think a lot of us are if, you know, if we have the guts to be doing that. And, um, I didn't want to be with my kids. Like they were being loud. They were And I was with them, but I also was kind of on my phone and I was also just observing from the sidelines. I wasn't really, and I took this to my coach cause I had so much guilt and shame about this. And she's like, what if that's normal? What if that is okay. What if you have every reason? Like, you know, and we started talking about 
why that might be totally perfectly fine. Like kids are kind of loud. Sometimes they're kind of stinky and messy and dirty. They pull things out of the pantry. And one thing she said to me was like, if I came over to your house as your friend and I started pulling things out of your pantry and I spilled milk on the floor and then I like left the door open and let a bunch of air conditioning out. And, um, I, I left the water running after I used the bathroom. Like, would you want to invite me over again? I was like, no. She's like, yeah, just give yourself permission to be an adult when they are kids. And yeah, sometimes there's a lot of differences between adults and kids. It doesn't mean you always want to stay in that frame of mind. And I think there's a lot of value in being like, how can I love them right now? And you know, whatever, and doing that work too, the other side, but the shaming ourselves for not always being up for that other side of the work and the positivity and the presence and the focus, like not useful. Motherhood has all the angles, all the sides as people. We are, we are people first, then moms, right? And people are so dynamic. There's so many sides to us. So, all right, let's go to thought number three. I am worthy no matter what. Okay. Your brain might probably reject this one hardcore, but like, I want you to think about, I think the biggest misunderstanding with people who are in depression is like, we don't understand that we are worthy. We have inherent worth. And I'm not saying that if you just understand this, you're going to pop out of your depression. Like it's a process. Like it took, it took a while and cycles and cycles to get you down into it. It takes a while of unlayering and unearthing and recovering to an uncovering to get out of it. So keeping realistic expectations here, but, um, again, it, this just comes down to what you do and what you say isn't who you are. And sometimes we get so hard on ourselves for the things we say, or that we yelled at our kids, but that's not anything to do with your worthiness. Okay. Now, if your brain is rejecting this, you can start with like baby step thoughts. And by the way, with any of these thoughts, if your brain's like, yeah, that's not true or no, 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 that's not true with me. You can do a baby step it like a, a bridge thought we call them. So instead of I am worthy, no matter what, it's like, I just am, I am, I am a person versus I am terrible. Instead of going from, I am terrible to, I am amazing. You can go to, I am, I am alive. I am here. Right. So that's kind of like, instead of going from negative to positive, you go from negative to neutral. And then from neutral later, it's so easy to go to positive. And that's how I do things with my clients. So if you want someone to help you through all that legwork and you just want to get faster results and just like, be taught how to do it properly. You can come work with me. Okay. Thought number four, it's okay to be human. Your kids need to see you be human. I think so many times we're so eager to keep this motherhood checklist. We forget the beauty in letting our kids see us fail, make mistakes, break our promises, and then apologize and make it better and make it up to people and do the right thing. Even when we, you know, and admit that we were wrong and have grace with ourselves for our own wrongness. Our kids are going to grow up and they're going to have frustrations towards themselves. They're going to be like, man, I want to be more like this. Oh, why can't I be more like this? And so they need to see us, you know, showing them what it looks like to be a human who sometimes falls short to even our own expectations for ourselves. How do we handle that? And so that's a really big one. You know, if you're in depression, like, um, you're probably having thought patterns that aren't helpful, right? Not that that's maybe the only factor, but your kids are going to watch the way you talk to yourself too. So that was a big motivator in hindsight. It wasn't really in the moment for me. My motivator was like, I want to stay alive and make it through this, but, in, and have my motherhood back. But in hindsight, because I just couldn't even be with my kids, but again, in hindsight, like 
I really do think that's so beautiful to do this work too, so that your kids can, um, see what it looks like to deal with your humanness. How do you want to do that? How do you want to show them to do that? Thought number five, I am becoming, I'm not there yet. And that's okay. I'm not supposed to be there yet. I'm becoming thought number six. This is one of my favorites. I've been using it a lot lately. It's just my favorite. It's such a flowy thought. It just keeps all of the drama and the obstruction from coming up. It's like, but of course this is happening. Or, but of course I just yelled at my kids. Like, how can you find evidence to totally back yourself up in this moment? Whatever your brain wants to come down on you hard for and criticize you for, it's like, but wait, of course I'm doing this. My kids are being, they're screaming. Of course I just yelled at them to stop. Whatever you want to get, again, get down on yourself for or shame yourself for, how could you just find evidence for how this is so understandable? Like, of course, of course I don't feel connected with my baby yet. Like we just are getting to know each other. Like how can this just be so easy, right? Thought number seven, I am exactly where I'm supposed to be. I love that one. Especially when you think about trying to fit into your postpartum jeans or how you don't fit into your postpartum tops. Like, oh, I remember that after baby number two, I would just go into, or no, maybe number three, probably both. I'd go into my closet and it was just like so depressing, (laughs) but it's because I was thinking thoughts, uh, not like these ones. So keep these ones in mind. Um, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. I am a success. Okay. Your brain probably rejects that hardcore, but if you want to look into the mirror and try it, maybe your brain doesn't, I hope it doesn't. But if you want to look into the mirror and just play with this idea, like, okay, so here's a, a way we, we talked about bridge thoughts. Another thing that can make some of these thoughts easier to actually, you know, a little more palatable, especially if you are feeling like you're pretty depressive is to tack on a, what if I'm a success right now? And I just haven't noticed it. How could that be true? What if somebody else thinks of me as a success? Like maybe I can't think of myself as a success. Oh my gosh, that is so many success. What if I can't think of myself as a success? But what if somebody does? Maybe my kids do. Maybe there's another mother that does. Maybe my husband does. How could they see me as a success? If Even if I can't. The universe can handle all my imperfections. That's thought number nine. Sorry, jump the gun. <laughs> thought nine is the universe can handle this. The universe can handle me. Or you can say God, or because of the atonement of my Savior, Jesus Christ, like my imperfections are taken care of. You know, it's like nothing's too big or too bad for this world. The world's seen it all. There's time and space for me to get through this. Um, thought number 10, what I do is not who I am. We've talked about that. And thought number 11, I am not my thoughts. I'll tell you a quick little story with this one. I remember the moment that I realized, like the thought that drew me to such a state of alarm, it was such an intrusive, scary thought that I just thought, okay, I need to tell someone, I need it, like this is depression. And it was so comforting to think about this idea that I am not my thoughts. Our brains offer us like 70,000 thoughts a day, you guys. And especially if you have anxiety, I feel like it's probably like 140,000, but that's a different story, (laughs) right? So I am not my thoughts was such a relief because if I were to make, 
you know, so the circumstances I have a thought. And then if I have a thought about me having that thought, such as, oh, I'm such a terrible creature. How could I have that thought? Or, oh, I'm so evil. Or, oh, how could I think that? You know, so much self-judgment. Because sometimes when you are in depression or you're getting a low sleep, sometimes you do just have random, one-off, weird, crazy, mean, scary thoughts. But they're just thoughts, right? They feel mean and scary because of our thoughts about them. But like, it's just our brain postpartum sometimes. And so just be careful what you're making your thoughts mean. And remember, you are not your thoughts. Your brain sometimes just offers you thoughts and you can't typically control what thoughts you are offered. You can totally control what you do with those thoughts. And I'm a believer, and I have seen this as a student of coaching and then as a coach to students, to clients, that over time, when you work a lot on your responses to certain thoughts, the way that you respond to them and the way you redirect your brain after them can actually help reprogram your brain to where your brain doesn't even offer them to you anymore. And it's all in the way you respond to them. Neuroplasticity, right? And it's real. We can truly reprogram the brain and it just starts one thought at a time, you know, um, looking at the pathway and the results that that thought gets us and, and all of that. So that's what I do, by the way, you guys, I am a coach and I help people. I help postpartum moms to essentially work their way out of depression to accept and allow their anxiety, basically any mental or emotional obstacles that are coming up postpartum. I can help you. So it's just lizzylangston.com forward slash consult. You can also poke around my website. There's testimonials and just more about me. So you can go check that out. But otherwise, I'm so happy to bring you another episode. Thanks for being with here, with me here um, today. And I love you guys. I'm here for you. And please share the episode with friends if you feel like it was helpful. And for sure, consider leaving me a review on the podcast if this podcast serves you. This is something I do for free. It takes time and money and I'm totally happy to do it. But if you appreciate it and you're benefiting from it, consider leaving me a review review in iTunes. All right. We'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Hey, Lizzie here. I've helped dozens of postpartum moms just like you to manage their postpartum anxiety and deconstruct their postpartum depression. It's really easy for me. So if you're ready to feel better, I know the way. Let's chat on the phone. Set up a time by going to lizzylangston.com forward slash consult. It's pretty simple and I will be calling you soon. something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details